You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Everything is closed. Everyone's panicked. The world as we know it has shut down. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> when stuff's going down, you can count on us to make the jokes. <laughs> I mean, which, we're a podcast. We're a podcast. We're not the CDC. We're not the CDC. We have nothing else to offer <laughs> but this podcast. I feel like guilty a little bit, but the what, memes, wait, oh. some of the memes that have... <laughs> hmm. You know, the Lord giveth. And the Lord... Well, you know, we started with the taketh. We are now into the We're giveth. now back to the giveth. Yes. You know? <gasps> Yeah, obviously, unless you're living under a rock, you know that there's a bit of a global crisis what? happening these days. What? <laughs> oh, Ethan, boy. come out from under your rock. Where's Patrick Starr? He doesn't know what's going on. Oh, man. That's funny. No, obviously, if you aren't aware, all you have to do is read the news or try to buy toilet paper to discover the reach of this <laughs> pandemic. I mean, we laugh. I was oh. at Food Line the other day doing grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Still no toilet paper there. Yeah, no, no chance. Not a single roll. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, oh, boy. So COVID-19 is here. Oh, it's here. So the burning question these days is, what now? Well, obviously, uh, Netflix, Prime, Hulu. Look, I've given you three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rises Church podcast. <laughs> the holy trinity of streaming. <laughs> Netflix, Amazon Prime, I mean, and Hulu. It's where I've been. Actually, I I'd, I'd substitute Hulu for Disney Plus, but that's just because that's what we do in our family. Okay, you, I would watch Disney Plus, except for the fact that all of the shows, I'm, I mean, I'm caught up on the shows. Yeah. I need a new show from them. They need to step it up. That's, that's true. So anyway, whatever the case may be, even though in West Virginia, we only have one confirmed case as of this recording, um, <laughs> the panic is here. The pandemic, it's all happening. Yeah. Businesses are closing, as Ethan yes. said. Oof. Things are shutting down. I mean, I, that's... I said it, but no, oh, no, I said it in the intro. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I said it before we started recording. They don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Ethan, how quickly do we forget? Oh. Have, we, have you been with us for so long? Is, is this a symptom? <laughs> Immediate forget. <laughs> Quarantine, oh. unclean. So anyway, we thought it would be good to try to address the question of what do we do now mm-hmm. in light of all the stuff that's happening, kind of in a, of course, pastoral perspective for Christians, you know, because mm-hmm. that's majority of people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> the second word is church. Yes, yeah, so that that is a pretty narrow guide for who we're aiming this at. So, <laughs> in case you are uncertain. Yes, in case you in case you're a newcomer. Yes, right? And you just If you're a newcomer, we there are at least a couple other episodes you could be like, "What's this?" That's true. Uh, this would be a weird intro, but at least it's uh, timely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. So, let's start by talking about what does not change even in the midst of all these uncertain and chaotic times. My bills. <laughs> that is Yeah, unfortunately, Weirdly those don't enough, change. no one's waived their the bills. bills. It's yeah. no it's strange. Yeah, that uh. is Highly unfortunate. In addition to that, um, <laughs> Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's more comforting than the bills. Much more comforting. And here's the thing. I know that a verse like that can become a wooden platitude during sure. days like these. Yeah. And people can throw verses around. And like they always can during hard times. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. People throw all kinds of things around just as kind of, you know, little band-aids to say, hey, you know, everything will be okay. And this is fine. And don't. Just shrug it off. Yeah. Just, just shrug it off. Yes. But let's consider this verse for a moment, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is God. He left heaven in all of its perfection and paradise to come and live among us in both the joys and miseries of human experience. 
He came to die for us, his enemies, that we might become his brothers and sisters. So when Satan catches us in acts of sin, like the woman caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8, and he drags us before the feet of Christ and says, you know, look at this sinner, let judgment be wrought upon them, and it would be rightfully wrought upon us. Jesus instead looks at us in tenderness, the Son of God, God in the flesh himself. And if we're willing to confess that we have indeed sinned, then Jesus says to us, then I do not condemn you. Go now and sin no more. And he does that for anyone who will believe in him, and that does not change. He has come to rescue us, to save us, to redeem us from the curse of sin and of the law, and that does not change. Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. There's a uh, there's a John Mark McMillan song that recently came out um, yeah. in his new album, Peopled with Dreams, mm-hmm. and he's got this little line in the song Ancient and Brave yeah. that if you... Uh, if we knew, like, I can't remember it off the verbatim, maybe you can correct me, but if we knew, like, would we covet the power you you hold? If we knew it would be like this. Yeah. Because um, in, the, in the sense that it's like, in, in just around that line is about, like, um, do you suffer the fate of every man's rage? And, yeah. and, you know, like, do you put upon yourself all of this, like, anguish and misery? And would mm-hmm. we covet your position if we knew, uh, you know, what you endure as, yeah. like, this creator God? Yeah, and that's what he does. And that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That aspect of Christ's character does not change, even in the midst of pandemonium like this. So all that is to say, we have to start there because when COVID-19 strikes or whatever hardship happens, and we're worried about our health or the health of a loved one or economic fallout, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still promises to keep you, to hold you, to love you. When the stock market is tumbling and your heart is racing in fear over that, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He promises to hold you, to love you, to keep you, no matter what happens from now until the end of the age, because surely there's going to be more and worse of (laughs) these kind of things that are going to happen over the course of human history for however long it happens until he returns. Until that moment and beyond, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will keep us, hold us, and love us. And to build our lives upon that truth is the only way we can keep our head on straight during times like these. Because I'm sure that you and I could both speak about this from a personal angle, but we're learning very quickly that the other things we're tempted to find security in, like our jobs, our health, uh, the the markets, you name it, those things can crumble faster than we would ever dream in the 21st century. It's spooky. Yeah, I mean, we... We are discovering that we have accrued debts that we cannot pay. And as the old poet once said, we have miles to go before we sleep. And all that took was a virus. Yep. And not one that's like, the mortality percentage is not great, but it's not like we're talking, you know, it's black plague levels right now. We've wiped out, you know, a third of the world's population. Mm -hmm. That's all it took. In fact, for us to get to this point. I mean, all it took was a whisper of an existence of a virus in another country. Yes. And we're like, whoa, boy. Yeah. So, yes. Oof. So we have to start there. Otherwise, we'll just lose our minds. So I wanted to ground us first in the reality of who Jesus is for us. That he's not, again, I think we say this kind of thing a lot, but he's not just an abstract propositional truth. He's not just a system of belief to be trusted in. He is a person who has promised to be with us and for us in the midst of these crazy times. And if we don't start there, then any guidance or counsel we might offer will only be a temporary solution at best. Because what else can you do Mm. when stuff like this is happening? You have no control over any of this, really. The only thing you control is how you would basically respond. And even that's like, okay. There's very little you can do. Yeah. But you basically can't affect change. Right. Exactly. So all that is to say, if we have our hearts grounded in that truth, if we 
can really trust and find comfort in the reality that Jesus Christ is a living person who is reigning at the right hand of the Father in heaven and that his spirit is with us and that he is for us and he's walking with us through these valleys and that he is enduring these miseries with us. Yeah. We wouldn't covet his position of power, as John Mark would say. So, knowing that, what then are we to do? What can we do? Mm. What should we be doing? What are we left with? Yeah, in circumstances like these. So, to continue the sort of thread here, there are still a couple of other things that don't change even during times of global crisis and pandemic. Uh, So, we'll just touch on two of them. Two, okay. Yes, two. It's not too bad. Yeah, first and foremost, we're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That does not change no matter what is going on in life, in your family, in the global markets. That doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Christians are called to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, which means that even in this time of canceled church services, we're still called to worship the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We still must let our hearts be lifted up to him. Now, corporate worship is the place where that happens, I think, think in the most focused and pure way, but the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Mm, That's really loaded, actually. Very loaded, because that means we can still worship God and love him even when we're spending more time at home or navigating a world without regular corporate worship gatherings. Because right. like I said, that's not an ideal scenario. Like that's not, that is not even the way that God has designed it ideally to be. But for lack of a better term, there is a providential hindrance happening here. Mm-hmm. Like that is, however you slice it, wherever you lean theologically, these days have passed through the hands of God. Mm. So there's something providential happening here one way or another. So in days like these, for example, even though we may not be able to gather publicly with the church, which is a heartbreaking and frustrating kind of a thing, there's still nothing stopping us from praying with our families if we're cooped up for a while. Uh, There's nothing stopping us from calling or FaceTiming our single friends and praying with them. I really have been floored by just how unsettling this has been for people uh, just to be shut in for a bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly have felt almost no effect personally. um, Mr. Introvert. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can fortunately, you know, have the freedom to work from home. Yeah. Just about everything I do. And I've actually kept longer hours in the midst of this. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. But with, I mean, with a lot of people, I don't know, everyone's watching Contagion. So I I don't know what that (laughs) is. tells you about where we're at. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I did see someone sent me a meme that was like, your grandparents and great-grandparents were summoned off to go fight a war. Like, we're just asking you to sit in your house and (laughs) chill and watch Netflix for a little while, you know? Like, you can do it, you know? People are going stir-crazy. I'm like, guys, this is Tuesday today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is a normal day. So, yeah. So, you have that. There's nothing stopping us from continuing to give to churches and ministries financially. That's a form of worship. There's nothing that's stopping us from singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to the Lord with a joyful heart. There's nothing stopping us from crying out to the Lord with our laments. There's nothing stopping us from cooking and eating meals. There's nothing that's stopping us from reading a book or watching a movie to God's glory. Mm, Heard that. Yeah. (laughs) So... All that is to say is, even during times like these, we are still living before the face of God. Hmm. So let's continue to worship and love him like we actually believe that's true. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the first thing. And hopefully, just as kind of a side note, this all also sort of has a sort of refining effect on us. And here's what I mean by that. First, it's good to feel the longing for worship of the corporate and public variety with the saints again. It's good to miss that. And to feel like we're missing out on something. Because we are. Uh, The sons of Korah sang in Psalm 84, My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. So there is is this distinct longing 
for the corporate and public worship of God with the people of God to be in community with them mm. and to sing songs to him together, hear the word together. Or as they sang in Psalm 42, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. So, I mean, when they're writing these psalms, apparently in some capacity, they apparently weren't able to make it to worship services either. (laughs) And they poured out those longings before the Lord in song, and that's a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. There was nothing that was stopping them from continuing to let their hearts be lifted up to the Lord in worship, even during those circumstances whatever they happen to be. But this this time might also have a refining effect in another way. Think, dear listener, <laughs> how you have personally responded to all of this. Mm. And I'm including myself in this. I'm not, though. That's, <laughs> Ethan is above us all. <laughs> no, Just okay. remember that. <laughs> That's what he said. No, go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to participate in the experiment. Yes. So, I'll ask, have you felt, for instance, a deep sense of dread about the virus? Or have you felt fear about the economic fallout? Do you feel a callous indifference to those who are sick and suffering across the nation and the world? Because there are some people who have gotten very sick, some people whose businesses are flagging because of this. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the need to spout off endless words of doom and panic to those who are already wrestling with anxiety as it is? Wow, cool move, buddy. Yeah, that's it. These kinds of hardships have a revealing effect on our hearts. They reveal what we truly trust in and where our allegiances really are. So, for example, in my own life, the thing that has inspired the most anxiety is the economic ramifications of this whole thing. So I've been asking myself recently, why does that freak me out so much? For real. I mean, suddenly we see how fragile everything is at the mere whisper of disease. It's, I mean, it's not the first time this has ever happened. This, right. this has happened even in our lifetimes, but it's the first time I've witnessed it like this. Yeah, yeah. It's alarming. I mean, no yeah. matter how you slice it. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. And so I'm asking myself why I'm responding this way, like why I feel so much anxiety and fear around the potential economic fallout mm-hmm. of all of this. And I think part of it, if you work through the sequence for me, is that I've gotten used to having enough money that I can save some away and enough money that I can, you know, indulge in comforts and luxuries once in a while. I have enough money to live comfortably. Mm. Like I'm by no means rich. I'm a pastor, you know, like, and contrary to rumors that get spread, we do not get, you know, it's, we make enough to live, but. You're a pastor. You're also a pastor in West Virginia. Yeah. Pastor in West Virginia, you know, a family, all that fun stuff. But I don't ever worry about going hungry or not being able to pay my bills or anything like that. So even the remote possibility that the financial situation in my life could possibly maybe change is enough to freak me out which means that there's something in my heart that hasn't been fully given to Jesus. Like, in other words, I have a desire for uh, peace, right? There's nothing wrong with a desire for peace. That's Mm -hmm. good. That is given by God, right? Jesus comes to us and says, peace I give to you. Mm. My problem is, is I want to dictate how I get peace on my own terms. Like, I want (laughs) to set myself up as Lord and ruler of my life so that I get to decide this is what makes me feel peace and I'm going to control how that happens through these means, which typically involve, you know, money as a source of, I mean, that's God gave us money. Yeah. Like that's in Deuteronomy. Oh, I can't remember which chapter. It's in like within the first 13 chapters. He talks about, <laughs> I'm the one who gives you the power to get money so you can buy food and drink. Like mm-hmm. that's just, okay. Like, yeah, God does that for us. But that's not the ultimate source of security, comfort, and peace. It's right. God who, <laughs> that starts with God, right? He is the one who gives it. So I've really, truly been asking myself very hard questions for me, like, God has promised to supply all my needs and to give me my daily bread. So do I actually trust him Mm. to do that? Do I actually believe those promises? And obviously, apparently, 
I don't believe it as much as I maybe once thought it, <laughs> it <laughs> right. because this is revealing those fears that I have. And right. so in that way, it can have moments and scenarios and circumstances like these, I think, can have a refining effect on us in that way. Sure. So that's, that's the kind of the first thing that doesn't change is that we're called to love God like no one else. No matter what the scenario, pandemic, etc., we're called to love the Lord of God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But second, here's the other thing that doesn't change in the midst of pandemonium. We're still called to love our neighbors as ourselves during this strange time. Now, the question is, what in the world does that look like when we're being told by, you know, everyone and their mothers and the president to socially distance and avoid as much human contact as possible? Well, during this particular scenario, I think there are a few things to keep in mind. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. I'm sure maybe you all have thought of things that you could do to love our neighbors during this time, but here are a few that I thought of. Okay, hit me. First off, generally, do your best to follow civic guidance. Fear God and honor the emperor is what Peter said. Hmm. In this case, the government is not trying to shut down businesses or churches because of the gospel, right? Like, this is not a persecution maneuver. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, like, they're trying to limit public interactions for hmm. health and safety in an, in an effort to prevent the mass transmission of this disease. Exactly. So, on that note, the only time to practice civic disobedience is when the government tells us, like, to stop preaching Christ as Lord. Or if they tell us, here's what you're going to start preaching. Like, that would be a time to say, we must obey God rather than men. But remember, God ordained the government. He says in Romans 13, the government has been ordained and bears the sword not in vain to reward those who do good and punish those who do evil. Submit to your rulers and authorities. So in general, we're called to be good citizens. So like, love your neighbor and follow good civic guidance. Yeah, weirdly enough, in this situation, limiting your interaction with others, in many cases, is, uh, you know, a service unto them in, in, in a way that is like for their benefit, for their safety, or really yeah. for for the safety of, of their loved ones who are at risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I don't think I really appreciated until I was like hearing this from the governor, just like how dangerous this is for West Virginia. Yeah, and that's another thing, just to bear in mind in our specific context, as I know so, you know, if you're thinking like in cities full of young people, it's like people are like, oh, the health is not a big issue. In West Virginia, it is interesting that there are so many grandparent age people who are raising children. Yeah. Like because of the <laughs> the long string of circumstances that led them to that hardship, you know, with the exactly. opioid epidemic, you know, p- parents who have kids and they can't take care of them because they're literally strung out in heroin or whatever. You know, we're, we're praying and hoping that this isn't going to be as bad as everyone says it is. Like no one wants that. But we, following civic guidance is how we're probably going to best help yeah. do that at this point. So that's first. Uh, second, do, do wash your hands. Mm. Seriously. My hands feel like sandpaper and yours should too. It's my slogan. <laughs> That's just, okay, pandemonium aside and viruses spread, it's just good. (laughs) Wash your hands in general. That is just a service to people because it's not just COVID-19. I mean, you can transmit so many viruses and disease like through your hands. Like just just be, wash your hands. Hygiene is. It is. Just be hygienic. That it, it really is like, that is a way to love your neighbors. Like just. Wash your hands. Yeah. Even after all this is over and we're looking back, you know, 20 years from now, let, wash your hands. Let these be life-forming habits. Yes. Yes, truly. <laughs> truly. Third, check in on your neighbors. So like, you know, call, text, you yeah. know, wave hi, wave. talk to them on the porch. You know, I don't know if you live close enough to them. <laughs> I mean, like things, if you have extra toilet paper, maybe see if you know someone who needs some. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, like I joked, but not really. I went grocery shopping at Food Line earlier this week. There was still no toilet paper. Like that's not a joke. There is still, still no toilet paper. Yeah. I don't know what the baby wipe situation will be as of the release of this episode, but I mean, I know that was something that was kind of a hot commodity. Yeah. So like same goes for baby wipes. 
you know, any other in-demand supplies. Like, Morgan and I have a baby, and it's like the thought of not having baby wipes is like, what the heck? That is apocalyptic. Yeah, that's like, oh my gosh. Especially, you know, Abigail recently has had some really big, really big blowout diapers. You got to ask Morgan about that sometime. I, you know what? I won't. Yeah, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Here's like Christians ought to be at the front lines of sharing resources during this time, not hoarding them. And mm. I, we, that's just something we ought to do. Yeah. And here's the other, here's the other side of that. All right. This is particularly true of Americans. I see this in myself. It's hard for me to accept things from people. Like if I'm like, ah, uh, they want to give me a gift or they want to like help me out. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not quick. Like I don't often want to accept that necessarily. Yeah. It's like a blow to my pride. Here's the thing. If you do need something, don't be bashful about receiving it from the hands of others. Yeah, right. Now like, is not the time. In fact, as an example, more was quite ill recently. Not COVID-19, <laughs> just the flu. <laughs> Though the flu was still terrible. Yeah. But a member of our community group, shout out to Allie and Michael, two members actually, and two members, but Allie in particular delivered it. They offered to bring us dinner because Morgan was sick. I was mm. still, you know, at the church. We were trying to figure out all the stuff we were going to be doing with yeah. all this stuff. Abigail was still at the house. So they offered to bring us dinner. Mm. And guess what? We happily accepted that offer That's because Morgan was not in a position to want to be making food. You know, I was at the office and, you know, you can't really go out and it's, you can't go out and buy food, but it's, you know, yeah. it's not quite what it once was to do that. <laughs> anyway, all that is, is we, we happily accepted that offer. So if you need something, don't be bashful about receiving, you know, that's how yeah. we're supposed to serve one another. Another thing is if you do have to go out in public and buy things like I did, I had to go to food line. We had to have groceries. Be sure to show kindness to the people who are still working, Yeah, you know, especially in drive throughs and grocery stores. Thank them for being there. You may even be in a spot where it's possible where you could offer a quick prayer for them because I know they're feeling probably this pandemonium more than most of us. I'm sure they don't want to be there. I, yeah. I mean, they're like, I'm sure many people are in those positions because they'll otherwise lose their job. I mean, yeah. because they have to pay rent. I, and I think even with small businesses, like if you're in a shop or you're paying for a service and you can afford a little bit extra for a tip, yes, I'm sure it would mean so much to the people who are trying to stay afloat when, when income is so uncertain. Exactly. And I actually heard someone say, and actually it may have been Morgan who was telling me this, that it might not be a bad idea if you, if there are some local small businesses you really love and support. Like we have black and white coffee shop right next to our house. Even if maybe necessarily you can't buy something from them right then, you can like buy a gift card you can redeem later. Mm -hmm. Like just do something to support them because they're really the ones, it's like small business owners who are going to really be hurting because of yeah. things like this. Because they, they have no other recourse. Yeah. It's like their livelihoods depend on that revenue they get every day from local customers. So that's another way. The final thing I have with what time we have, because we've been rambling quite a while here. I've been rambling. Ethan has been, you know, good as he always is. I, I'm a preacher, so I can't <laughs> shut up. But if there comes a time, whether it's in the coming weeks or the following months, that someone is in desperate need and no one else will go to them because, you know, we're all a little anxious, fearful about the disease, the ramifications, whatever's going on, be the one who's willing to go. Faith in Christ should free us for great risks of profound love. Uh, Christians have historically done that. Um, in fact, as a little example of this, in a very extreme scenario, I can't remember which town in Switzerland it was. I'm pretty sure it was Switzerland, somewhere in one of those European countries. The days of the Protestant Reformation, Zwingli, who was one of the reformers, he left his town to go do something. And when he came back, the plague was there and people were leaving. And at that point, there was no one left to take care of the sick and dying like, and to help them, like, just no one was doing it, and so Zwingli was one of the few who said, well, I'll, I'll stay, like, he didn't leave the town, you know, and go take the plague other places, but he was willing to stay and help those who had been deserted and abandoned, and he actually, he got sick as a result yeah. of that, he, he recovered and survived, but he, he got sick, and that is, that is historically what Christians have been called to do in moments like that, I don't think we're at that point right now, but 
we've learned, I think, how quickly things can change, yeah. how quickly things can turn with scenarios like these. And so the final thing I would say is be praying. Like that's not, you can't get to that place in like five seconds. Like just because I'm admonishing and encouraging that right now doesn't mean like you're going to be ready to steal yourself and do that if it happens tomorrow. But right. that's something to be praying about and asking God, can you give me the kind of heart that would, in the name of Christ, carry myself to people who are sick and alone and who have been abandoned that I might show them your love. Mm-hmm. Even if it means, yeah, that might not end super well for me. So yeah, there, there's there's much more that could be said about all this. And sure. there's plenty that has been said by plenty <laughs> of others. I mean, I'm sure you all have been reading the the news and articles and all that stuff, which is actually maybe a final caution almost yeah. of sorts is like, be informed. But set yourself up, for an example, like two checkpoints a day where you'll read the news. Because otherwise, you're going to get sucked into the paranoia. And like, mm-hmm. you're like, just, you don't need to do that. Be informed, but don't let yourself become overwhelmed in fear and panic. And yeah. Be conscientious of your sources. Yes, yes. Like, you don't, when toilet paper is restocked, you don't need to go out and buy 20 <laughs> bags of it. You don't, like, you'll just keep adding to the problem. So, anyway, I've pushed our time limit here. We'll probably inevitably say more about this in the coming weeks. Sure. Trying to help our folks, our listeners, because most of you are from around here, you know, West Virginia area, and we have a different context than people who are living in New York or San Francisco or out in Idaho. So if you've been helped by this discussion and you want to share it with a friend, (laughs) you know, while you're social distancing, digital is a great (laughs) way to do that. Uh, You can share it. You know, we're on iTunes. Mm. We're on wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcast. Yep. App of choice. Yes. If you were helped in an honest five-star review, would be great. It would be know? great. It doesn't yeah, even matter what the platform is. Yeah. We'll take it. Honest five-star review? Anyway, we'll take it. Yeah. And if you have questions or comments or anything like that, you want to address anything, uh, email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Yeah. And we'll, we'll close out a little differently today. I'll actually close this out with a prayer, which comes from the book of Common Prayer. Mm. This is a prayer for times of social distress, which regardless of what's going on, <laughs> we, we're certainly in the midst of those. So... Increase, O God, the spirit of neighborliness among us, that in peril we may uphold one another, in suffering tend to one another, and in homelessness, loneliness, or exile befriend one another. Grant us brave and enduring hearts that we may strengthen one another until the disciplines and testing of these days are ended, and you again give peace in our time. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm.